This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. So Matthew chapter 8. We're going to be reading from verse 23. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly there was a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Luke chapter 8, the same story, but a little different rendering. Verse 22 of Luke 8. Now it happened on a certain day, and he got into a boat with his disciples and said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they they were afraid and marveled, said one to another, Who can this be that he commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. Storms happen in the lives of the very best of men and women. The follower of Christ is not exempt uh, from the storms of life, the contrary winds that blow. Even doing the will of God, being in the will of God, uh, these disciples, they were in the will of God. They were hand-picked disciples. They were godly men. They were obeying the Lord Jesus. They did everything he asked them to do. They were in the absolute center of his will. And yet the storm came. Going through a storm in your life does not necessarily mean that you're out of the will of God or you're living in some kind of disobedience. It can happen even in the will of God. The truth is, without exception, every one of us at some point will face a storm. The factory may close, a loved one dies, a child rebels, a sickness strikes, a marriage fails, a business goes bust. Often it comes unexpectedly, without warning or without foresight. Sometimes, though, we can see the dark, ominous clouds on the horizon, but there's nothing we can do about it. We just got to go through the storm. Reality is, if you were a a pilot, you would know that at some point or other, for sure, you're going to face some turbulence. If you were a seaman, you know for sure, if you're on the ocean, at some point, even if it's a pleasure cruise, you're going to face a squall or two. It is inconceivable that you and I will go through our lives as believers without 
a battle or a struggle at some point. It's just life. The journey guarantees that you're going to have a storm. But thank God the good news is that Christ guarantees the journey in spite of the storm. When Christ is on board in our lives, we are going to make it to the other side. Storm or no storm. So how do you get through the storm? How do you make it safely to the other side? Jesus here in our story had just finished a very, very busy day of preaching and teaching and meeting the needs of the sick and praying for lots of people. And his plan was to simply get into the boat, go to the other side to Gadara, uh, where he had more ministry to complete. There was demon possessed there that needed to be set free. And as soon as he got on board, he immediately got onto a pillow, put his head down. He was absolutely exhausted. Just as a man, he was shattered, and he just wanted to sleep. And he fell asleep very quickly. But just before he put his head on the pillow, his final word was, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And so here they are. They're crossing over the other side of the lake. And uh, the disciples now, they are being refreshed. And they too, no doubt, were resting. And uh, it was all set, sail, fair to sail. And they were on their way. They had hoisted up the sail. The lovely gentle breeze was wafting them over the Sea of Galilee, the eight miles to get to Gadara. And everything was fine in the world. But then suddenly... Without any warning whatsoever, a tempest was barling and falling down the mountains and it hit their little boat. And it was a great tempest. It wasn't just a little squall, it was a great tempest. And we see that it was beginning to fill up with water. Now these disciples, most of them were fishermen. They had been in storms before, but this was a dangerous storm. This was a life-threatening storm. They were scared. They had been in other storms, but this was a dangerous one. The other disciples, probably maybe for some of them, it was maybe the first time they'd ever been in a storm in the sea. So you can imagine this was a very frightening experience for them. Nobody, nobody enjoys a storm. Nobody likes trouble. Nobody likes problems. Life is difficult enough as it is. We like plain sailing. But we know life is not always plain sailing. Storms are inevitable. Many are unavoidable. We'd rather not be facing them, but there it is. They're right in it. So how then do we overcome it? Notice Jesus in the story. Notice how calm, how unconcerned, how unruffled he was. He was absolutely fast asleep even though the boat was bucking and heaving out of the waves, and even though the water was crashing in around them, Jesus was completely and utterly at peace. In the storm, he was at rest. I don't mean just he was sleeping, but I mean in his spirit, and in the inside, he was completely undisturbed by what was happening around him. Even when the disciples awakened him, even when he saw the storm, even when he felt the storm, he was still undisturbed. 
Now you say, well, ah, that's fine for him because he was the Son of God. He was the creator of the ends of the earth. He had all power over wind and waves or the weather or whatever because he was the creator. We could say that. But the fact is, even though he had that power and even though he could override botany and chemistry and physics and every law there is that governs this universe, the fact that he chided his disciples for their lack of faith must tell us that he believed that they could have done something about it. Otherwise, what is the point of telling them off? What was the point of it? But the point was, and the point he was making, that they had ability and faith and power also in the midst of the storm. After he rebuked the wind and the waves, then he said, where is your faith? Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? How is it that you have no faith? Why would he even say that if he didn't feel that they had some authority and power in their lives. Hmm. So by questioning their faith, he was implying that they had power and authority even in the midst of this storm. Warren Wearsby said the problem wasn't the storm around them, it was the unbelief within them. And that's our problem too often, isn't it? It's easy talking, isn't it? It's easy preaching. It's easy listening. It's easy saying amen when you're not in the storm. But we know that when we're in the storm, it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? It doesn't feel very good. You don't often feel very positive. You don't always feel full of faith. And oftentimes, it's that unbelief that rises up inside of us. That's the problem, not the storms around us. It should have been enough that Jesus said, let us go to the other side. It should have been enough that they saw him completely at rest and at peace in the midst of the storm. But it wasn't. It wasn't. If his word wasn't enough and his presence wasn't enough, then no wonder their faith was small. Because that's the two things they had on that boat. They had his word, let us go to the other side. They had his presence, he was there right with them. And that still wasn't enough. Is his word not enough for us? Is his presence not enough for us? Are his promises not enough for us? Is his presence not real enough? I'm saying this to me too today. I'm standing here and I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm not in a storm right now. You say, well, that's easy then, preaching that when you're not in a storm. I've been in storms, and there's probably some ahead. So I've got to remind myself of this, because all of us are facing troubles and difficulties one way or another. Yours may be different than the person beside you, but you've got to go through it, and you've got to be able to get the victory in the midst of it. The Roman centurion said to Jesus, just Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. 
Jesus was amazed. I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. <laughs> Somehow he understood authority. He was in authority, and he understood Jesus' authority also. The little woman said within herself, if I may just touch the hem of his garment, if I may get close enough to his presence that I can just touch even the very hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. I don't need him to speak to me. I don't need him to even lay hands on me. All I need to get into his presence and just touch him for myself and I shall be made whole. And when she did touch the hem of his garment, Jesus immediately felt virtue go out of him because she touched him in a way that nobody else had touched him. So Jesus said to his disciples, where is your faith? That measure of faith that Paul talked about in Romans 12 and 2 that God has given to each and every one of us. See, whenever our faith is weak, and there's times it is weak, Whenever our faith is weak in the storm, it causes us to lose sight of who he really is. Because we're simply looking at the circumstances around us. In Mark 4, where it's also recorded the same story, which we didn't read, in verse 38 of Mark 4, the disciple says, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? What a thing to say to Jesus. Do you not care that we are perishing? Hadn't he blessed them? Hadn't he taken care of them up to this point? Was there ever a moment when they met him since that they lacked anything? Did he not lead them and guide them and look after them? And then they turned around and said, Do you not care about us? You see, sometimes when our faith is weak and we're in the struggle and the battle, our perspective of who he is changes. But that was in the sunshine. This is in the storm. It's easy to believe in the sunshine, isn't it? We can sing, we can preach, we can pray, we can shout, we can dance, we can wave our hands, we can do all of that in the sunshine. But what about in the storm? That's the problem, isn't it? And too often we think, see things differently in the storm than we do in the sunshine. But Jesus is the same in the storm as he is in the sunshine. He hasn't changed. He's no different. Lying there sleeping on board that boat in that storm, he was the same as he always was. Same power, same person, no different. Whenever the clouds fill the sky and we cannot see the sun, we know the sun's still there. We know if we could just get above those clouds, the sun is shining in all of its strength and power. It has not changed one iota. But our perception of it's changed. Our vision of it's changed. And oftentimes it can be the same with the Lord. But thank God he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the Lord God. I change not. <laughs> so we can trust him. And so having no confidence in their own faith to quell the storm, they did the only thing they knew to do. 
They went and woke Jesus and put their trust in him. Now, I don't know, I don't know what they actually were expecting Jesus to do. Because when he did do what he did, they were amazed. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? You see, when they woke him, you would automatically think, well, he'll, he'll stop this. But I'm not sure that's what they were thinking. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't even know they knew what they were thinking. All he is, we've got to wake Jesus up. He's sleeping. He, we're perishing. He's sleeping, so we've got to wake him up. Hmm. Remember that in a storm, that Jesus often reveals himself to us in ways that he has never done before. They had never seen this before. They'd seen him turning water into wine. They'd seen him multiplying bread and fishes. they even seen him raising the dead. But they had never seen him do this before. This is beyond their imagination. What manner of man is this? That even the very wind and the waves obey him. <laughs> that was beyond their comprehension. And so he revealed himself to them in a way that he had never done before. In Matthew 14, there's another incident with the disciples again or on a boat, again in the Sea of Galilee, again in a storm. But this time he's not on board, he's up the mountain. You remember that one? And he sees them toiling and rowing in the midst of the storm. And he comes unto them walking on the water. He had never done that before. And it scared the living daylights out of them. They thought it was a ghost. He revealed himself in a way to them again that he had never revealed himself before. You remember on the, that first resurrection Sunday evening, whenever the disciples were all in that room and the doors were locked for fear of the Jews, there was 10 of them there. Judas had hung himself and Thomas was missing. And there they were for fear of the Jews. And suddenly, no knock on the door, no unlocking of the boat. Suddenly, Jesus just appeared right in the midst. And he says, peace be unto you. And he showed them his hands and he showed them his side. He had never done that before. He reveals himself in ways that he never had before. And maybe in your storm, maybe in your battle, maybe in your crisis, Jesus will reveal himself to you in a way that he's never done before. He's got a thousand ways to reveal himself to us. So we can't limit it how he may do this. I don't know what you're like, but if I have facing a problem, I try to figure it out and I look at this, 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 and this, and this doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and my mind, then I don't know what to do. I'm thinking, none of that's going to work. And that's the point sometimes where we limit God. Because God's way ahead of us. He knows how to handle this. He knows what to do, even if we don't know what to do. Remember, you're going to make it to the other side. Let us cross over to the other side. A command. Jesus had no doubt about it. He had work to do. There was ministry to fulfill. His job was not complete. So he never doubted for one second 
that he was going to get to the other side, storm or no storm. And so we've got to think that way. Lord, we have a job to do. There's ministry to fulfill. Our life is not over. Lord, we're going to make it to the other side. We're going to continue to walk in your promise Hallelujah. and in your command. This life as a believer means that you and I are going to be involved in a spiritual war. And it's fought in three fronts, the world, the flesh, and the devil. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of them say that Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves. And the word that's used there is the word that's used when he rebuked the demons. So maybe this particular storm was not a natural one that's caused by cold air from the mountains meeting hot air from the sea. Maybe this was Satan trying to stop him getting to the other side to free those men from demons in Gadara. Because he's got the power to do that. But Jesus rebuked it. And maybe what you're going through is maybe a direct attack of the evil one who's trying to stop you in your tracks from getting to the other side of God where God wants you to be. In Ephesians 6, it talks about the full armor of God, about our warfare. It tells us that we are to stand against the strategies of the evil one and having done all keep standing <coughs> only we don't stand naked we stand with our armor on all the spiritual armor that God has given us to face this battle he said keep it on and keep standing in the midst of it in 2 Corinthians 10 it tells us that our warfare is not carnal it's not natural it's spiritual and it tells us that we are to cast down imaginations, arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. How many times in your battle has things that are contrary to the Word of God and the knowledge of God has come into your mind? Where the devil has whispered in your ear something that's contrary to the very Word of God. And we've got to bring every thought that verse says, and the subjection to the obedience of Christ. Why? Because that's where the battle is. That's where my battle is. That's where your battle is. Our thoughts, the enemy comes with thoughts to try to build a stronghold that's contrary to the Word of God. But you are going to make it to the other side. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. In Psalm 27... The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 3. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. And then verse 5. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And in verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 28, verse 6. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Are you his anointed today? You are. He is the saving strength of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. Glory to God. In Psalm 31, just a few selected verses. In verse 7, I will be glad, sorry, Psalm 31, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble, and you have known my soul in adversities, and you have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eyes washes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body, for my life is spent with grief and my tears with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among my enemies and especially among my neighbors and repulsive to all my acquaintances. He's going through a hard time, isn't he? <sighs> but then he says in verse 14, But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Glory to God. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies. Hallelujah. Verse 19, we're almost finished. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you has laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of men. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the very strife of tongues. The last two verses. O love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Glory to God. You are going to make it to the other side. Every storm in life blows itself out sometime. Our business is to stand and to stand in faith believing and trusting and said, yes Lord, you are with me. Yes Lord, you have put faith in me to believe you and to trust you that I'm going to get to the other side. Can you believe that today? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for every man and every woman in this congregation that's facing a storm right now. Lord, it's going through a battle in their mind or in their body or in their spirit or in their family or in their business, with their children, in their home, in their school, in their workplace. 
Lord, I pray that you will rise them, raise them up, O God, with that faith that's in their heart. And Lord, that they will stand strong and tall against the enemy. And Lord, that they will defeat this problem. They will come through this storm. They will make it to the other side where you want them to be. We are leading and guiding them in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're not finished with them. There's a work still to be done. So, Lord, I pray for them that you will bring them right through this in victory with a testimony to the glory of God Hallelujah. in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you, God, for your delivering power. Thank you, Lord, that you bring us through every situation in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for this, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Bless the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk.